Before we get started, this episode of the Food Grower Podcast is sponsored by Natural Grower. Natural Grower's award-winning liquid fertilizer, plant feed, and soil conditioner is made entirely from maize. It's naturally rich in nitrogen, potash, phosphate, and other trace elements that plants and vegetables love. And it's approved by the Soil Association, Vegan Society, and Biodynamic Association. The concentrated natural fertilizer can be poured around the base of plants, whilst the plant feed and soil conditioner can be mixed into the soil or used as a mulch on the surface as a long-term, slow-release fertilizer on all outdoor and indoor plants. Both Jack and I have been using the natural grower products this year and have seen amazing results, and we have a fantastic 15% off the entire natural grower range for you. Simply go to naturalgrower.co.uk and enter foodgrower15 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by Direct Plants Limited, and specifically their amazing range of polytunnels. We use these strong and affordable tunnels on both Jack's Patch and Fanfield Farm, and we love them. Direct Plants manufacture the tunnels themselves so that you can buy your polytunnel direct from the manufacturer, and not just any manufacturer, but from growers too, so that they really understand what you need. These traditional high-quality polytunnels are available in a range of sizes to fit your growing needs, and they're manufactured here in the UK in Norfolk. We're delighted to bring you a brilliant 10% off the entire range at directplants.co.uk. Simply head over there and use the code FOODGROWER at checkout. That's FOODGROWER, all one word, no spaces, at directplants.co.uk. Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers. We hope that this podcast will inspire you to either start growing your own food or to help develop your existing food growing empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. And I'm Andy from Urban Herbs. So no Chris this week on a podcast, uh, it's a very busy time of the year, but we are graced with a pleasure with Danny, Plot81 on Instagram. How's your week, Danny? How you doing? Hey, Jack. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Yeah, not too bad. How's it going? Yeah, good. It's like, it's a mad time of year, like end of, end of May, isn't it? Um, Getting a bit overwhelming with everything to do, isn't it? Things to plant 100%. out and stuff but yeah it's good it's uh i like this time of year it's uh, good to come out of troll mode over winter isn't it and actually get in the garden and be doing stuff yeah it's almost like shock isn't it you're like oh my yeah. god now yeah. it's time to be growing yeah you, and- you kind of like have that anticipation for like a couple of months don't you from mm. about christmas till about march you're just kind of like waiting and, mm. and you're really excited and then it comes you're like fuck i've got quite a lot to to do 100 <laughs> percent. yeah i've already had stuff bolt like radish oh yeah cool. yeah yeah Lo- loads of my chard have, has already bolted yeah i've yeah. got to re-sow loads of sprouts and kale but yeah that's how it goes that's how it goes that's the name of the game isn't it yeah um so what we like to do then is like so people resonate with your story get to know you a little bit better and e- even for us as well like we like to know how people's journeys started getting into growing like what's your what first like was your like aha moment getting into this or is it something you've like always done? Um, I think really it started when I started just getting into houseplants. I think when I was a uni student, probably, I don't know, when I was like 20, 20, 21 or something. And I just used to have hundreds of houseplants. Like my house was full of them. It was mental. <laughs> um, and my boyfriend just started getting a bit pissed off and uh, I started extending it out into the garden space. And I think just when I ran out of space in the garden, um, I felt a bit lost. I was like, shit, like, 
I've got all of these things that I, I still want to grow and no space to do it. And my friend was like, oh, why don't you get an allotment? So I just put my name down for an allotment in 2017, it was. Yeah. Um, and I was probably on the list for about three or four months and I got offered a spot. Um, and I didn't even go to view it. I just said, yeah, okay, I'll take it. Um, it was about 320 square meters. Yeah. Um, and when I went to visit it, I didn't have a key and I had to climb over the, I didn't have a key for about six months and I was climbing over the fence, uh, climbing over the huge door to get into my allotment for six months. Um, and it's absolutely just covered in uh, nettles, bramble, like higher than me, full of weeds. It was a forest. Um, but I was just super excited to have a space and I didn't really care like the state of it. And I didn't, I think also I didn't understand the, um, what was involved as well in the growing. Like I didn't understand how hard it would be to manage a space that size and get it cleared. Uh, so I just went into it totally naive, I think. Um, and I've just had to figure it out along the way, I think, as a lot of people do. Yeah, totally. I, I think that's right. I think with when you get like a bit of space that you can just do what the hell you want with, it's, quite, it's really exciting. It doesn't matter yeah. how bad it is. But yeah. I think that's why like, you probably leaned on to like, um, you do illustrations, which I, I love. You really like, it's re really certain design and uh, type. I've seen like your illustrations of your plot. So I bet that was cool to sit down like do um, like a little design of your plot uh, and just it, it, you start to create, you manifest what you, what you want. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I love doing those illustrations. I do try and make one every year. I, I didn't start them until 2019. So I've only done like about four of them so far, but um, it's really nice just to kind of get the ideas down on paper. And like you say, you do kind of manifest stuff. So like my first one that I drew, it just, um, you know, it, it didn't really have too much on it. But then the next year, I kind of thought, ah, oh, how cool would it be to have a skate ramp at the back of my plot? Like, I'd love that. And I just drew one in. And, you know, by, you know, I don't know, a few months later, maybe six months later, I had it, it was there. It was real life. And I had one. And it was like, wow. I felt like Penny Crayon. You re remember her from the uh, cartoon show? She used to draw stuff on the walls and it would come to life. Like, that's how yeah. I felt. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, good old days. That is, yeah, that um, you're so right. Like, what what I quite like about anyone like Midlands North, like you guys seem to have huge plots down here. It's like quite cramped, yeah, but your plots yeah. are like epically big, and yeah. the fact that you've got like a huge, like the fact you've ever been able to build like a half pipe, you've got a large shed. Um, it's like practically a building, isn't it? Brick, brick build. It is, yeah. So the site's really interesting, actually. It's the second largest and oldest site um, after St Anne's in Nottingham um, in Europe, I think. And it's got over 400 plots on it. So all the plots are generally like pretty big. I think the smallest ones are maybe like 100 square metres. Um, mine's 340 and I've got two of those, uh, 320 and I've got two of those plots now. So I've got 640 square metres of space. Um, but yeah, generally they're all pretty big. And because it's so old, um, the Victorians used to use these buildings as their like summer houses. Um, wow. So all that's why all of the gardens are well, as well are hedged in. So we've all got our own, um, you know, private space because back when um, Sheffield was like a really industrial city, um, it was like full of smog in the city and everyone kind of wanted to get out a little bit and have their own like little garden space. So loads of Victorian families had these allotment plots and they all, most of them had these really big brick buildings on the side of them. Um, and I'm really lucky to have one 
one of the few that's still standing on, on the, the site in Sheffield. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing thing that, that it, go, it goes back like A, that far, and B, like the soil's probably been cultivated for that long. Yeah. Is there like a lot of um, old trees there as well? Yeah, like, like so my, um, that's why I've kind of like gone with the forest garden kind of style on my plot because I have lots of really big trees. So I've got two huge, huge cherry trees that are absolutely massive. I've got um, a really big white spruce and a huge large tree that I have no idea how old it is, but um, all of the trees are really, really massive. And I kind of had to design my garden in the way that suited that space, you know, with the shade areas and um and whatnot so it's the whole site's kind of full of trees um unfortunately people do cut them down because obviously they do block out a lot of light so mm. i mean my neighbor's next to me he's cut down basically all of his trees including the huge apple tree that used to um crouch over into my plot so i'm missing that mm. um but yeah i think because it, it, it is such an old site it has got quite a few of these big trees on them and uh, it just makes it really really beautiful yeah, it gives it so much character as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And it does, like, that shade is so helpful. It means you can grow lots of different stuff and create your own kind of microclimates. And it just means your plants aren't getting absolutely scorched in the in the summer. Because I know quite a lot of plots are just on open fields, you know, they haven't got any kind of shade at all. And you just wonder how how you get on growing in the, in the midsummer's heat. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's also as well, it's wind as well. So I have yeah, now, yeah. If, someone, if someone offered me land now, and I think Chris would vouch for this because their space is super open. So they've had a lot of problems with polytunnels buckling because of the amount of yeah. speed, speed from the wind. Like open fields are just, it just builds up speed and it's yeah. been a bit of a bit of a nightmare. But what I like about your plot is it's very fairy-like. It's You've got the old trees and, and you've worked with nature. So you've tapped into the permaculture side of it and you can see like your wild garlic patches booming as well, adding that wildlife pond. And, and it just creates more of a, a natural atmosphere for a plot. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think I, I like that because I feel like that's the most reminiscent of being in, in nature and being in a, in a kind of like forest or woodland. You know, you don't have all these straight rows of flowers or anything. Like everything is kind of everywhere. And I think that that's what invites all of those animals in, you know. They've got all these little places to hide and, and kind of and hang out. So, yeah, it does create a really nice environment for the wildlife as well as, as, well as me as well. Yeah, exactly. You've got a good uh, little ecosystem going on there, um, which is exactly what we're all really trying to recreate, aren't we? Just yeah, yeah. Build it and they'll come. I've, just, I've noticed that just adding two wildlife ponds, new yeah. have come in. Yeah. Um, there's already like um, like aquatic snails. I'm like, what oh my gosh, really? Have you got yeah. snails? That's so cool. Yeah, they might have been like on the bottom of like some yeah, of yeah. plants that I bought, but like the fact that They've just hitched they, the ride. They've thrived, yeah, and they've thrived. <laughs> that's really cool. So that, that's, yeah, super interesting. And, and I think it brings out the kid in you. That, that's what I've started to like about doing it full time is like realising I'm tapping into the inner child of like, I used to like collect newts when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's still as like, it's still blowing my mind every time I'm out there. I was still like really geeking on um looking at certain bugs I've never seen before. Yeah, it is just fascinating, isn't it? Like, everything's fascinating. Like, I was watching a bee um, pollinate 
Chardonnay, a lupin flower. Have you ever seen that? Like, that's crazy. The way that the little petal of the flower comes out and then a little spike comes up and the bee kind of humps the spike and gets the pollen off of it and then it just flies off. And it's just, it's just a crazy design. Like, and it's just so, so fascinating to, to, to watch those little wonders of, of, of nature, really. Yeah, and, and that's it, isn't it? Like, uh, you get to stop and enjoy it. So that's yeah. what I'm like. Like, well, we're going to actually just go around your plot and talk about little things as well because we've, like, a touch base and, like, the half pipe and the shed. It's having a place, like, vocal points on the farm where this is a place for you to chill. It's not just to grow food. It's, like, a little, uh, your little oasis, like, your little, yeah. little place where you're, like, merging passions as well. Yeah, um, yeah. With, with you skating. Um, so, like, is your shed your like little potting shed, and um, what what what's like your what's your main uh, focus with the shed? Um, the shed's kind of like my sh- it's, it's I use it as my shelter, you know, really just my shelter from the elements. Um, I, I, it's attached to the shed is a big greenhouse, so I use the greenhouse for lots of growing over winter and and, and summer as well. But um, the shed is really just a place where I just kind of sit and hang out. Um, I, I tend to do a lot of my potting outside, to be honest. Nice. Um, but yeah, I cook a lot of my food in the shed when it's raining. Um, I've got a right little setup in there, all of my pots and pans and my camping stove and everything. Um, so yeah, I just kind of use it as a, a little hut, really. Yeah, brilliant. And as you said about like camping stove, just having food on a plot is such a game changer such a game changer like yeah 100 me nipping out now i'm like starting a fire so like i feel like i earn the food earn the coffee um just by like having a little fire there and um which is which yeah great um but yeah like even little things like now you've you've got like the bath on the farm as well (laughs) little things that you're just tapping into that off-grid living yeah yeah, it's like it was just a crazy idea. So I, I run, um, I run retreats um, uh, for like skateboarding retreats, and we do them at kind of a really cool eco off-grid um, forest down in Norfolk. And they had an outdoor bathtub. It was like underneath the birch trees. There was amanita mushrooms all around me, and it was honestly wow. like the best, most magical bath I'd ever had. It was lovely. It was so cool. Um, and it was like just such a cool experience. And I was just like, I'd love to have this all the time. Like these people just kind of get to live here and have this. Like how cool would that be? Um, but they had like, um, it was it was a bit more sophisticated than mine. They had like a solar powered water generator and it was like one tap that was perfect temperature that just heated up your bath. Whereas mine's a wood fired kind of cast iron thing. Yeah. It takes about an hour and a half to heat it up. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I love it. It's the best thing I've had on my plot, you know, because I, I do a lot of camping at my allotment and it just means I can camp down there for a couple of days now and just uh, feel a bit fresher, you know. I can just have a bath at the end of the day and, and it's just so nice to be able to put your head back, look at the stars, listen to the owls going and it's just, honestly, it's so nice, Jack. It's, it's the best thing. I do recommend one if you've got a bit of a private space on your on your farm to get it yeah i'll tell you what it's definitely on the list not not for the plot i'm on now but like wherever i go next it's having yeah having those private spot like i think i've got more of an eye now to be like this is what i want to do and this is what like, yeah, kind of uh, i still see like yeah now is like my showcase plot for whatever i do next oh 100 yeah yeah i feel like that as well it's like my practice for you know my future 
future homestead or whatever I'm yeah. going to have in the future. It's like a little practice run. And to be honest, I didn't even think the bathtub would work. I made my boyfriend um, find me one a gum tree and drag it down to my plot for me, thinking, oh, it's probably not even going to work. But it did, and it's like the best thing ever. So now I'm just thinking of all these ways for, you know, bathtub version two, version three, you know, when it's uh, I've actually got kind of a more permanent spot to, to do it in. Uh, and it is what what's great what's great is that you're shown like you just by putting it on Instagram it's like it gives people that little bit of inspiration to to do it themselves as you said like oh will it work won't it work but at the end of the day like even my little like uh three slabs and 40 bricks like oven oh your pizza oven yeah it's sick yeah it just works yeah. like, I, I can't get my head around i've had like chefs down and they're like that's better than my free grand oven the way it traps yeah yeah and, and now it, it for me for, like my space is all about vocal points on the farm like what what keeps me there during the day what keeps yeah what, what attracts people to want to be here yeah and, and it is that like base of like yeah you can cook here um like the wildlife ponds are like my new little like chill out zone just chill around them um yeah so it's just a little bit more than growing for me getting into this i was like really into like off-grid living just by just by wanting that kind of lifestyle getting out the system a little bit um, yeah yeah and yeah it's, t- it's tapping into something quite primal a hundred percent yeah it's, it's it's just so nice to be able to go out pick your food from the garden cook it in something that you've made you know spend the night there or whatever just just being outside in the space that you've created like it's just there's nothing like it I don't think I mean I've done a lot of camping I do like a lot of foraging like before I ever started growing and I think that crossover from becoming an observer of kind of the ecosystem and the land to actually being part of it has been a really special move for me. Mm, I agree. I, I, w- I was actually going to say, did the foraging, like on your profile, you say like uh, herbologist, um, microphile as well. Like uh, I was going to say, did that come later? But as you said, you, it's come before. So yes, definitely want to yeah. touch base on that. That's because I find it, I find it amazing. I'm always learning. So I'm, I'm getting into more plants now. Uh, yeah. Like plants and you've got like a really nice amount of knowledge um so yeah definitely touch base on that love to know more it's just been kind of um completely self-taught um i started foraging well i I guess you could call it foraging you know from a young age when you're collecting flowers and stuff to make certain things or pressing them and i used to use them a lot in my artwork so I've, I've always been an illustrator and I used to collect different, I, I really love botanical illustrations as well. So I used to collect different kind of plants and I'd go home and I'd draw them and I'd learn about them um, when I was quite young. But then when I got to about maybe 16, 17, I started getting really quite interested in magic mushrooms, um, learning about those. I think, sorry, my cat's going mental at the minute trying to get something. Um, I just started getting really interested in, in learning about those and by learning about what not to pick you're learning about all these other different kind of mushrooms and I was just super fascinated by how like all of the different types you could get all of the different species different colors like how the spores would puff out of some of them and how some of them were wrinkly or bright green and it just it was like a whole nother world than plants like it was just different to plants and I was just absolutely fascinated um and I've just been kind of foraging and learning ever since then, really. So probably about, yeah, nearly 20 years. 
Wow. Well, that's a, that's great. I mean, I, it's so not it's so young for me to. It's like foraging's come after, but like yeah, is, it's a whole other world. It is a whole. It is yeah. Yeah. Would, so you just turn you walk down the woods and you're like lunch <laughs> just yeah 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 could, i think my friends are sick of me because I, I literally i'll just be we'll be driving somewhere i'll be like you can eat that you can eat that you can eat that. <laughs> you know just pointing things out like just, all right danny yeah i'm not gonna eat that thistle though am i we are delighted to have partnered on the food grower podcast with react tools react tools are the number one place for market gardening and growers tools in the uk we have seen tools like the Jang Cedar, Paper Pot Transplanter and the Iconoclast Tilther across the world and been envious of growers with access to them. Well, now you can get your hands on all of these and much more. All shipped free from the UK on any order over £100. Make your food growing easier and more efficient with the best market gardening tools on the market. Plus, with the partnership with us, the Food Grower Academy, we're now giving 5% of all purchases back as tools to new community or not-for-profit growing projects. Head over now to reagtools.co.uk. That's R-E-A-G tools.co.uk. It gives you a different lens, doesn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. Like, um, for example, uh, one of my chefs wanted elderflower. So uh, just, I, f- I like kind of found it just through like looking at pictures and then seeing a few people's like Instagram posts or where it looks like. Yeah. I can't not see it. It's just everywhere. It's yeah, everywhere. yeah. Yeah. So it, again, you're just like realizing, oh my god, that's like that's there, that's there. What, like the other day, I went around um, this guy's property who's got a bit of woodland. I was just pointing stuff out: cow cleavers, <laughs> there's water mint, and it feels yeah. good. It's, I think it's a bit of knowledge that we should know. We just should. It should be eating. Yeah, food. and I feel like it's my duty to share this knowledge to like other people. Like even if they don't want to hear, I'll still tell people if that, like you know, if that leaf is edible or not. If we walk past it, like whether they want to hear it or not. <laughs> Exactly. And it's just like I just have this like I just want to tell people like there's food around and it's free and we can eat it and it's really good for you and it's better and more nutritious than this stuff that you're getting in the supermarket. Like yeah. go out and pick it. Yeah. But I think that's what I love about foraging and you hit the nail on the head when you said about you know the lenses and I think that I mean you know my other, you know my other big hobby is skateboarding and I feel like the same thing as that is you can go out and you can have your skateboard glasses on where every curb you see or every kind of like ramp or you know transit slight transition that you'll see in um in the street you're like oh I could skate that I could skate that or you could do this on that and it's the same thing with foraging as well you have like your foraging glasses and your skateboard glasses and it just opens up the world to all these different kind of like visions or portals you know and it's just it's just cool very cool and that's such an amazing segue because i was going to ask you about uh your skating life uh, like your two passions skating like growing foraging and like how they merge like how they potentially merge because i feel like um you've managed to merge both your passions by having the half pipe on the plot but I love that. What you said, like every curb, you, you just, yeah, you have these lenses for foraging, but then you have these yeah. lenses for skating. And like, yeah, the world just turns into like your playground. Yeah, 100%. And there's, there's just so much to see when you look for it. Do you know what I mean? Or if you know kind of what to look for, like you just kind of need to be inspired sometimes, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm a big, big fan of like how you've just put that, that half pipe on your plot so that was like so for for me skateboarding was my biggest thing it was all I did before I started gardening Mm. um 
And when I started gardening, I wanted to be in my garden all the time. And I would, I would make excuses to not go skate sometimes. And it's like, what am I doing down here? But I, I love skateboarding. But actually, I also needed the time for gardening. Because even though they're both quite meditative, like gardening's different I, it's not the mental stamina and the mental concentration that I have to have with skateboarding to not you know to be safe yeah. and having the garden was like a whole nother escape and I just felt like I needed at the time to spend quite a lot of time in my garden and when lockdown hit and you couldn't go to the skate parks they were all closed but you could still go to your allotment and that for me was like my green light to get my escape ramp on my plot like I didn't ask for it and I didn't it doesn't say anywhere in the rule book that you're not allowed to have skate ramps like that's not written um but I just I didn't ask anybody before I did it and I was shitting myself thinking what if I've just spent 1500 pounds on this ramp and you know I get I get to, it, it gets taken off me or you know I get kicked off my plot that was the worst fear that I had um so I was really um I never skated it. I only skated it in, in like the evenings when I knew that nobody was there. Mm. And um, I'd get really pissed off with my boyfriend skating it because he's a lot heavier than me. And I can kind of be quite light and quiet on mine. And he, but he's quite like fast and heavy. And it was like, I was shitting myself thinking, oh no, what if somebody complains? Or, But actually, um, I got nothing but good feedback. Like people... Um, People would ask me about it, and um, I had some um, some other gardeners bring their children around to like play on their scooters on it, and it just become quite this nice little friendly community aspect of my plot that um, that people seem to be really into. And I was like, I was super shocked, but I was stoked on it because it meant I could keep it. And uh, yeah, and now the fact that I can do both of those things is just the best thing ever. Really, it's like, but well, I don't have any reason to leave anymore. <laughs> Yeah, exactly that. I think it's it, it's really cool. It really attracted me to like your profile to be like, oh, it, it gives you your a uh, little bit of more identity to like what you're doing as well. So you're like merging that skating world and growing world. And I think ultimately we're just trying to like I've always tried to like think, oh, let, how to make growing cool because since I've got into it, like when I got into it, there weren't as many people. Yeah, finding online that I would kind of resonate with. Yeah, so 100%. I was trying to put my own little stamp on it, and now there's like a lot of really cool people doing it. And I think it makes it more interesting, more intriguing. If growing growing food or like foraging becomes like quote unquote cool, then yeah, I think like we can try and reverse the kind of shit we're in a little bit. Just if younger people yeah. get into it and and we, and we that becomes more of a future I totally um, agree and I do feel like it is kind of you know I guess we're always in our own kind of little um echo chamber but at the same time I do feel like it's becoming a bit cooler you know like I've got so many friends who ask me now about foraging and like they're like oh Danny I'm gonna go out and forage and what can I send you a picture to find out what this is and it's like I'm all I always say yes I'll help because it's like I'm stoked that people are getting excited about it as well and it does seem that it is becoming a lot more popular I don't know if you feel like the same way in your circles but for me for sure yeah de definitely um what you said about your mates, like the first time I got an allotment was twenty, yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, I'm back from Australia. My mates absolutely ripped me. They were like, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> turn into a hippie. Like I did yeah. come back with like long hair, and a, I was I was slow as like just like yeah, chill, bro. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but 
uh, yeah, now they DM me going, oh, Jack, I've got the, I'm going to grow, I'm growing this. Or, yeah, you're right, take a picture of mushrooms in their garden and they're sending yeah. those pictures, which it, which is great. But, like, yesterday um, uh, was my birthday. My girlfriend bought me a mushroom oh, T-shirt. Birthday. Cheers. And a mushroom T-shirt. And it's from H&M. And it's Amanita Mascara. And on the back it's yeah. like, like, do not eat or whatever. You know, <laughs> you, know you can. But... Uh, it's it's just like it's bleeding into society a little bit. yeah a hundred percent like have you seen all of the like the patagonia stuff the va- the new van stuff like vans it's like everything has got mushrooms on it like and the same that the patagonia brought out like a whole mushroom kind of range and all of these big brands are kind of jumping on the the foraging uh, not even just foraging i think it is specifically mushrooms a lot of these brands so whether like mushrooms are kind of getting their well-deserved bit of recognition at the moment um, I'm not sure, but it does seem to be everywhere. Like you say, H&M do it. Like ASOS have got loads of mushroom stuff. Um, you see it all over the high street, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like as, you, as you're saying, like you've got Netflix now, you've got Fantastic Fungi. Yeah, um, yeah. Like one of the biggest pod- Joe Rogan podcasts is Paul Stamets' podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely becoming cool and like just – just got to keep posting what you're posting and it's really really interesting I, i'm i'm a big fan of it i'm always really interested in like certain little like as i'm learning about foraging plants i'm learning from like your page um and yeah foraging mushrooms and just doing that we, we kind of like overlaying the lines of like foraging going back to nature yeah the culture yeah it all interconnects doesn't it it is all kind of like observing being part of like making sure that you give back more than more than you take and and i think it it is all it is all part of it isn't it yeah definitely and also as well nature's responding to you because you've got robins eating out of your hands oh yeah don't it's like it's the best thing honestly at the minute it's like brings me so much joy and you've managed to like do a clicking sound so it knows it's food yeah like I started doing that as kind of just like a joke and then it it worked like it so he 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 was kind of fussing around me for a couple of months and then um I kept trying to get him to eat bread out of my hand he wasn't bothered like one day I came down with mealworms and that was it He, he came down and he ate from my hand and then every single visit since. Um, that was in September. And around December, I started doing like a little a little clicking sound every time I had a mealworm. And that would get his attention more than anything. Um, and then he just kind of would look at me and then hover around me. Um, and then it got to a point where I'd do it and he'd be instantly down collecting the mealworms off of me. And it was just the cutest little thing. I've not seen him in a month. Um, I'm trying not to get too worried because it is kind of nesting season. And I know that they, they're a bit busy, you know, teaching their, their little ones how to forage and how to speak Robin and stuff. So I'm hoping that he's all right and that he'll be back in a little while. Yeah, I think so. Just hoping yeah. that a whole lot of fledglings will be eaten at your hand. By yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it is like, a, yeah, it is the cutest little thing. <laughs> it's like nothing more special than just feeling those little tiny like legs land on your finger. It's just, it's honestly just the nicest little thing. Well, I think it's that connection to nature a little bit more because we have the ability to like react and respond respond to them we've just got to work with them like what do they need what how do we be calm enough and know what yeah. they want 
and and it's nice enough to have the time to not be distracted. Um, so yeah. be, be on your plot. You've made your little ecosystem, your haven, and you've invited them in. And now it's time that you're like observing them and enjoying them. Yeah. Honestly, there was a point where I just didn't get anything done for about four or five weeks. Like every time I was just, I was just feeding the robin every time I went down. And it was like, yeah, it was becoming a bit of a distraction. But um, you can't get a nicer distraction. <laughs> yeah, it is great. It's been good to watch as well. That one, especially like the one where like, you put it in your mouth. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, I didn't think he'd do it. I was there with my friend and I was like, oh, watch this. And I didn't think he'd do it, and he did it, and he smacked me in the face, and it was actually quite hard. It was really, really funny, and my friend was pissing himself. Oh, good. It is really cool to watch. Um, so, Danny, what, what like, other projects have you got like going forward? Or, like, what, with the garden? Yeah, with the garden, like off the garden as well, because I know like, uh, you, you mentioned like, your skating retreats as well. Um, that's going like, to be mixed in with a little bit of foraging as well yeah yeah so that, that's what that's like what I do for a job really I guess you could say I'm a I'm a skateboard coach but I also run um like residential retreats as well and um, we do those down in Norfolk at this like 42 acre forest it's really beautiful um and because they're in October um I just wanted to work foraging into it of course <laughs> like I didn't want it just to be just a skateboarding kind of retreat it was more about because it's held in the forest it was more about kind of getting out of the city for a little bit connecting reconnecting with nature kind of being outside a little bit more and as part of that um, I run foraging walks as well um, so I take out like a group of skaters and we'll walk around the woods for a couple of hours and we'll talk to them about what plants they can eat what mushrooms they can eat um, and we'll gather up a few things and take it back back to the camp and cook them up to try for lunch and stuff um, and it's really nice to have that extra curricular part of the retreat um, that's not just focused or centered around skateboarding um, but we do loads of other stuff, like um, we'll have a wild cooking class or like a, a forage cocktail making class and just things that can kind of work back to the land and work back to just connecting with nature a little bit more, really. Yep, and I think that's what everyone's trying to strive for now, isn't it? Um, that, that connection to nature. Um, yeah yeah and they've been they've been really popular like um so popular actually that this year i've started doing a workshop called skate and grow so like people can come along to learn how to skate but then they can also learn how to um well the basics of like um organic growing and and, and permaculture methods so i'll teach them how to maybe make raised beds um and look after plants um without the use of chemicals um and what plants that we can use and reutilize in the garden yeah to make fertilizers and seeds and, right. and mulches and stuff like that um, and it's just a way of kind of like you were saying about trying to make gardening cool is that taking something that people already think is cool and like merging a little bit of my gardening and foraging in there as well to try and you know create a kind of a new audience of people interested in this stuff yeah uh, well, that, that's another thing as well isn't it like how skating is like an outdoorsy thing and i think it's like you go that one step further to respect the outdoors and yeah i, I suppose in urban environments or even where, wherever really but like I, I think just being outdoors that little that a whole community vibe of skating will blit like it, it's it, there is like similarities to it. i found it with 
surfing in Australia, it gave me time to like think a lot more. I was working on a yeah. farm, then I was in the water and 99% of the time you're not on waves, you're waiting for the waves. So you're yeah. in nature and you're just thinking a lot. And yeah, I feel like it really, it helped me kind of help me merge them in a way. I yeah. If I'm, if I'm missing one, then, or like if I'm stressed yeah. with one, I, I, the other one's my like... You need, it's the yin and the yang, isn't it? You need that balance. Like. That's, that's really funny. I've actually wrote that down before. Um, <laughs> because you've got the yin and yang garden thing. I've got on. the yin and yang in my bed, yeah, just to remind me that you need balance in life. You know, you need both of those sides and you can't have one without the other. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Beautiful. What what interesting stuff have you got growing at plot? You got like new seeds this year or new flowers or anything that you like decide to grow? Um, I don't think I've got anything new, you know. I think I'm just trying to be I'm just trying to increase my yields this this year. I'm trying to um protect my plants a little bit more and just make the garden a bit healthier. Um, I think last year's weather I kind of like deflated me a little bit um, and I maybe neglected my plants a little bit more than I should have um, and also I had a really bad year with uh, rodents so last year obviously with the bad weather I think the rodent I think like the squirrels and the rats suffered as well like with their foraging I don't think they had as much food available so it meant my plot is right next to the woods it got absolutely savaged mm. um, and it just kind of I think I did feel a little bit deflated last year so I think this year I'm just going into stuff with a bit more steam um, I'm just trying to grow more of what I already grow uh, so for example I've got like twice as much sweet corn in my beds this year to try to um my theory is if i grow you know 50 corns then i might get to harvest like four or five of them from the, <laughs> rat, from the rats and the yeah. squirrels so yeah. it's like i'm just trying to yeah i'm just trying to um, bet my odds really on stuff and i've got obviously the new space so i've got a whole new plot this year from what i had last year so i've taken over next year next door's allotment um so that since September, I've just been working flat out to get that kind of ready for cultivation. Um, so luckily, I've got a new polytunnel on that and a brand new greenhouse. So it's just extended my indoor growing space, really. So loads more tomatoes, loads more cucumbers. I'm going to try my hand at some melons this year. I did try growing last year, but not to very much success. No, we won't speak um, about last year. Last year was just a write-off. I know, yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? So yeah, this year it's like not really very much that's new. I just, I'm just going into it with a better mindset and um, a bit more preparation as well. I'm super prepared this year with my new polytunnel in my garden. That's yeah. really helped with my garden. Well, I suppose, yeah, that is something new then, isn't it, really? Like, because you've got that indoor like that extra element now as you can yeah really yeah it is actually i don't know what i'm on about it's a whole <laughs> another new plot isn't it like, yeah it's like a whole new thing yeah <laughs> it's an extension of like how you can prolong the season and i think having those indoor anything undercover i just feel like that that pest damage is reduced uh, yeah you're gonna get yeah. like bigger and better yields in like early yeah. spring like you fit you feel the gaps for the hunger gaps which is which is always cool yeah 100 percent so before we f uh, finish, Danny, we like to do a few uh, quick fire questions at the end. Oh, yeah. And um, so we'll get into that. And I've, I've, I've like kind of, I wrote one down. Mm. Um, that I've kind of, I might have just added, but 
Uh, we can edit out if it's a bit rubbish, but anyway. But we, <laughs> the, the, the new one is, have you got like any embarrassing stories from the plot? Because I've like walked into rakes before I've done some... Oh, God, I do that all the time. Yeah. Um, I literally do that like daily. Like That's not even an embarrassing thing for me anymore. Like. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Uh, not really like embarrassing, but kind of a little bit embarrassing I guess it was to do with my skate ramp I just absolutely flew off the side of my skate ramp one day um and I landed in all of my patch of tulips uh and I just absolutely crushed the whole entire bed and I was so (laughs) gutted so it's not really like too embarrassing all my friends were like oh my god you're okay and I was like probably quite hurt but all I gave a shit about at that time was all of my flowers in the flower bed so I was like oh my god are they okay um but I probably flew about four feet over to the side of my into my into my tubes, but now I've got a little fence, so that can't happen anymore. No, that's that's it. That's the kind of stories we we want. Like, yeah, right. The, okay. <laughs> the, um, yeah, I think it's so funny, like how hurt, like like deep in my heart. If something gets eaten, that like oh, taking yeah. me ages, or yeah, yeah. purposely. It's grown. so hard to not take it personally. I know that I know that it's like you always say, oh, you know, it happens. You just try again, or you know, but it it does hurt and it does kind of like get to you, doesn't it? When you spent so long. Definitely. Like with the sweet corn and the rats, like yeah. you just spend months waiting for them, watching them grow, watching them plump up, like really looking forward to smothering in butter and putting them on the barbecue. Yeah, and then you that. come back one day and they're just all gone. That, that's uh, that's peak living as well, uh, sweet corn on a barbecue. <sighs> yeah. Especially just, harvested. That's just... Yeah. You do, well, to be fair, if, it's, if you just get it at the right time, you haven't even got to cook it, have you? It's just beautiful just as it is. A little fun fact as well. Apparently, corn uh, loses all its nutritional value within 20 minutes. 20 minutes? So you, That's like, barely enough time to get it home, is it? Yeah, I know. So if so you just cook it in the garden, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which is yeah. which is a uh, little interesting fact. All right, I'm going to do that with all of my corn this year, is just eat it on a barbecue there That's and then. It. That's it. Yeah. Um, right, so uh, do you have a favourite, oh, excuse me, favourite growing hack? A growing hack. Um, uh, my favourite growing hack is prick, uh, for pricking out because I absolutely hate pricking out. So I've got a little fondue, you know, like for fondue chocolates? Yeah. I've got like a little fondue fork, like a little two prong thing. And that's nice. what I use for pricking out. And it's my favourite thing ever. So I don't know if it's much of a hack, but it's my favourite thing. No, that's definitely, that's, that's well cool. I think I, I just posted something about using a fork to get Oh, yeah. Out. No, you did. I think you did. And I was thinking, oh, fork's all right, Jack, but a fondue fork, that's, <laughs> that's where it's at. <laughs> You've just upped it. You've just upped the game there. Yeah, that's try great. it out, honestly. Uh, it's yeah. all these little tricks and tips that I think people just really value. It just saves time, doesn't it? it yeah, like, yeah. And do you know what I saw? Like, it's not my hack, but I saw Jessie from Plot 37 on one of her YouTube videos. She, um, she got like a plant label that had a hole in it and mm. she used that to thread her netting together and she just used it as a giant threading needle. And I've just never seen anything cleverer. Like I'd, I use pegs and I like try to tie it together and it always falls out. And she literally just like, like a little seamstress, she just sewed it with a plant label. And I was like, wow, that's genius. Oh, that so is genius. That's another good one. Oh, right. well, oh, well, you've just... That's really, really cool, actually. <laughs> I'd like yeah, it little, is, it's inventive, little inventive things that just make. I think you just, as, as we we're saying about observing in the garden, like you just, I think your brain is on a different level sometimes. Just being in nature, it's like how we're like meant to be, being efficient and yeah, kind of like yeah, just thinking on our feet. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, is there any vid? Uh, I said I said vid. 
is there any veg? <laughs> is there any veg that um, you uh, everyone likes but you dislike? Um, everyone likes but I dislike. Um, I think I like quite. I like most things, you know. Um, I don't like coriander, but I know that loads of people don't like coriander, so I'm not alone there. No, you're not alone. Um, you're not alone. You I'm not fussed about radishes, to be honest. They're all right. I'm not fussed on them. I yeah. grow them just because they look kind of cute, and I like pulling them out, and I kind of feel like Peter Rabbit when I do it, but I actually don't eat them. I give them away. <laughs> so maybe radishes. Cool. Yeah, no, sometimes you're right about that. Um, it's mad. People grow a lot of food that they don't even want to eat like when you first get allotment for some reason everyone grows runner beans i'm i'm just like not a person that would yeah. eat, eat them or like i wouldn't know what to do with them yeah and just oh just like the look of well it they say grow food stupid. that you want to eat but like yeah. i don't know i grow food that i just enjoy growing like because yeah. a lot of my growing isn't for the hot food itself it's like i i enjoy the act of growing and watching something grow and looking after something you know and having some sort of control in the final product like that's what that's the enjoyment I get out of it. So for some, sometimes the end product, you know, I can just give it to friends or whatever. Like, and they're more than happy with some free food at the end of the day. So I think it's it's good to grow a variety of different things and and to experiment. And and also sometimes you you'll not know that you like something until you grow it and try it yourself because Great. food tastes so different to what it tastes like in the supermarket when you actually grow it yourself. Like cucumbers taste like cucumbers times a thousand when you grow them themselves don't they like concentrated cucumber taste and uh, i just think there's so many vegetables like that that just taste different when you grow them yourself so yeah grow loads of different things try it if you don't like it give it away yeah couldn't agree more well said well said and cucumbers the root smell that's what i love that's yeah really like yeah. yeah that's really cool uh do you have a favorite tool favorite tool my hoe probably Nice. My hoe. I do really love my chipper now. It's a bit of an extravagant Ooh. tool, but I've got a wood chipper. Nice. Um, that's probably the most handy thing on my plot. But I mean, I use my hoe every day. Like, it's just the best way to get rid of weeds without, like, you know, minimal so soil disturbance. Yeah, nice, nice. I've, I've probably, I've, we normally do about five questions, but I've got like one or two more. One's the all important one. But another one is favorite time of year? Uh, autumn. Nice. Oh, and spring but autumn because of mushrooms Great. i like the changing of seasons that's what gets me like i like the beginning the beginnings of the seasons that's what i love yeah you, start you know to like the, the, the freshness of the spring coming and the, the, the humidity of that summer just coming and then you've got the cool crispness of autumn and you get into forage for mushrooms for the next few months that's exciting for me Defo. I think autumn's got it's the colours, like you've got yeah. a lot of big plants as well. So like your squash, your pumpkins. Yeah, it's just exciting, isn't it? And like mm. you say, the colours, like yeah. I mean obviously spring's exciting because you're like, oh summer's coming and like spring romance, you just feel like great, don't you? But autumn just makes me feel kind of like home, you know, and cozy and and being in the woods is is where I feel the best so I, I love autumn great answer love that and then the last important one is do you prefer and we're oh, i'm going to try and push you for like one answer huh? um prefer a morning coffee or an afternoon beer at the plot i uh, do you know i don't like coffee or beer uh oh. but uh, definitely anything in the afternoon because i'm not a morning person 
Yeah. Oh, I saw by your fire you had like some soda, like vodka in a can or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't like beer, but I'll like drink anything else really. Um, and definitely like, yeah, def- definitely not a morning person. Yeah, definitely a night owl. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, have my baths at midnight sometimes, literally at like half 12 at night. I'm just still sat in my bath listening to the owls. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. And also yeah, the stars it. must be like... Yeah, yeah, I've seen shooting stars in the bathtub, yeah. That's absolutely yeah. ace. Uh, wh- so where can people find you, Danny, online? Um, I have an Instagram account called at plot.81 and that's it really. You can find me there. Wicked. So we just if people could find like a little bit more about your like your growing and skating, is it links in the bio or? Uh, no, I don't have any of that really. Um, okay. No, yeah, maybe I should do that. I don't know if anyone's interested in my skateboarding or extracurricular activities, but <laughs> maybe they are. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they can let 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 you guys know in the comments if they are, and I can get a link in my bio set up. Yeah, wicked. No, it's been it's been wicked to chat because I think it's been a long time coming. But I think you you have a lot to like a lot to show with like your foraging, your knowledge on mushrooms, your cool garden, merging it with the skating. So you're doing all the right things. So yeah, I think you're you're inspiring a lot of people. So oh, thank you very it, much. Jack. Keep going. Keep going. Cheers, mate. All right, cheers for coming on, Danny. Oh, thank you very much, mate. It's good to finally get to speak to you. Yeah, you too. You too. See you later. All right, see you.